Thank you, Zoe. It's good for us to be reminded that the Lord still saves. It's easy to get lost in that sometimes, to think that, that maybe the time of God's saving is past, but, but that is a thing that we trust deeply, that regardless of what is happening in the world, regardless of what is happening around us, that, that we individually and we collectively, most importantly, um, can be saved. And and we're going to continue walking to the cross today, where the where the which is the kind of the, the the geographic location of our salvation. But we're going to walk with Jesus to the cross. And and last week we talked about how Jesus resolutely set his face to walk towards the cross. That he didn't end up there accidentally, or he didn't he didn't happen into it. That he set his face. And if we're going to follow Jesus as well, we are required to set our faces, to, to intend and intentionally walk towards, to, towards what Jesus has called us to. And, and so we're going to keep doing this up until Easter. We're going to keep following Jesus to the cross, and we're going to pay attention to what he does, because what Jesus is, is doing is what we also ought to be doing. That's the whole point of, of this. So what I want us to notice uh, as we go through that, that as Jesus goes to the cross, he, he primarily does three things. He teaches he heals, and he connects. Those are really the basics of everything that Jesus does as he walks to the cross. He teaches people. He proclaims the good news of the kingdom of God. He, he, he maintains some sort of ethical standard in the way that he, in the way that he conducts himself. He, he heals. He brings physical healing to people, and he connects with people. He, he recognizes the humanity in other people, and, and all of these things are intertwined. He teaches through connecting. He, he heals through connecting. He heals through teaching, all of these things. Uh, come together. And, and so as we have, like we talked about last week, resolutely set our faces to follow Jesus to the cross, leaving behind every distraction, overcoming every obstacle that's in our way, these are the things that we find ourselves doing. And these are the things that we ought to find ourselves doing as well as we go about our lives, is teaching each other, healing each other, and connecting with each other. This is what we ought to be doing. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking examples at examples of these, of how Jesus does these things. And the first, and I'm going to go in reverse order because the first thing that we're talking about this week is connecting. Because I find this story so fascinating. And this is a story that most of you know quite well of Jesus connecting with someone who was on the outside. And that's the story of Zacchaeus. So in Luke chapter 19, which is where we're going to be hanging out today, Luke connect, uh, uh, Jesus is walking through Jericho. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his way to the cross, and as he's walking there, he goes through Jericho. Now, Jericho is a famous city in the Old Testament, famous city in the New Testament. Um, if you're, uh, they're in two different locations, two cities by the same name. So uh, this one, uh, uh, New Testament Jericho is about two and a half miles east of Old Testament Jericho. So in case you're curious about such things. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man there was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So we ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. So there's a few things that we hear right away. And most of us have heard the story of Zacchaeus, and we understand that he's a tax collector and that he's not well-liked. But I don't know that we've got the fullest understanding of what a tax collector was, because it a tax collector in, in, in the ancient Roman world was, was a family occupation. 
your last name would dictate that you were now a tax collector. You were born into this. And rather than being a privilege in some ways where I get to go collect money from everyone, it was a burden because the way the tax collecting work worked was that Rome said everyone in your jurisdiction has to pay a, pay a 1% income tax and then one-fifth of your crops, one-fifth of blah, 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 so many things. But they would just go to the tax collector and say, you owe us this. If you don't have it, that's your problem. We're going to get it out of you. So the Roman government didn't, didn't tax people as a general rule. They taxed tax collectors and then gave tax collectors the authority to collect from other people. So there was this, there was this strange uh, relationship that was happening. And, and as we see Zacchaeus, he's the chief tax collector. He's not only a tax collector, he has embraced this role in this lifestyle to the point where he is overseeing tax collectors. And not only that, he was very wealthy. And if your only source of income is other people's taxes, then he's skimming off the top. That was the way the system was designed. He was, he was supposed to skim off the top. So there's this rich guy in the town that they don't like. He is a hated rich person. Now, I want us to think about something as we look at, look at this. Does anyone know who this is? Yeah, so some of you know who this person is. This is Martin Shkreli, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Um, AKA uh, Farmer Bro in local news, in, in news parlance. Uh, he's most famous for buying the intellectual property rights to a, uh, an HIV drug and then raising the price of that HIV drug, this important life-saving HIV drug, from $13 a pill to $700 a pill. And, uh, and quite justifiably, he's not a very well-liked guy. He also bought that Wu-Tang album that they only released one of. Sure. Anyway. And, and in all honesty, I tried to find, like, if you Google image search this guy, you get a lot of pictures of him just making a, 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 this is the least punchable face picture that I could find. And even this is a punchable face. Like, he, like even the look on his face, just he's inviting you to punch his nose in. Like, I think it's just, and we don't like this guy. We don't like him because he was rich and he took, he used his, his position as a rich person to take further advantage of people. And he's doing seven years in jail now, which is okay, I guess. But he didn't get seven years in jail for, for, uh, for, for raising the price of a drug of sick people by, by hundreds and hundreds of percentages. No, he got that because he defrauded his other rich investors. So you can, you can mess with the poor as much as you want in North America, but if you mess with the rich, you're going to jail for seven years. So a little bit of schadenfreude, but, but still not as good. But... When we talk about this, when we talk about Zacchaeus being a rich and ostracized person, so let's place ourselves in this story. We'd like to think that, oh, I would have had lots of patience for Zacchaeus, would you? What if Zacchaeus looked like this? Because I got to be honest, I got to be honest, I don't know if I'd be liking this guy that much. Because it's interesting what happens next, because Zacchaeus climb we see this story in the story that he climbs this tree because he wants to see Jesus which is odd behavior let's just be honest about that like I can I can show you a picture of a, a of a sycamore fig tree and I got to be honest that is a very climbable tree it looks like a lot of fun I can totally understand why you would want to climb that tree but we got to be honest that 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 rich businessmen climbing trees in order to see something is odd behavior it, it's not normal 
So, so, so Zacchaeus is 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 behaving in in a, in a not normal way when he when he does this, and and you know they say he's sure he may have been a person who had uh, who 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 had, had dwarfism. I'm still struggling with the proper terminology for such folk, but but he may, but we don't have any other evidence. But what it th what this does tell us is that is that something was happening in Zacchaeus that he thought that Jesus was so valuable he had to risk looking silly he had to risk being in a possibly dangerous position to get up this tree in order to see Jesus and then as so let's imagine this that we've got punchable face Martin Screlly up in a tree and we're all like okay that, that jerk, you know, like well, yeah, he's up in the tree. And then when Jesus reaches the spot, he looks up and says to him, Martin Shkreli, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And, and, and all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the house, uh, guest at the house of a sinner. And at first I wanted to be like, huh, all those religious people. Uh, how dare they? mutter that he's going to spend time at the house of a sinner. But I got to be honest with you, when you put Martin Screlly's face on Zacchaeus, I'm also with the mutterers, right? Mutterers going to mutter. And, uh, and I'm with them too, being like, why? Do you know what this guy did? Do you know how he makes his money? Do you know what he did with that Wu-Tang album? Like, I, uh, no, why are you going to spend time at his house? That's not, that's not cool, right? We can find ourselves muttering as well. That's who we are as human beings. We see this person that we don't like. No matter, they've used their position and their power to, to exploit other people. And we look at, at Jesus connecting with them and we're like, no, no, that's not cool. He doesn't get to be on the inside now. And especially as Jesus did this, because Je when Jesus says he's going to stay at his house, culturally at the time, staying at someone house, staying at someone's house was a way of of of, of endorsing them, of, of 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 saying that they were part of the family and part of the clan. That was the way that you opened up your arms to someone was to share a table with them. It was it was an opening and a connection. There was so much concern about becoming unclean that you would that you would hold yourself off from other people at every turn. But Jesus Jesus doesn't risk becoming unclean. In fact, he opens himself up to other people all the time, and he crosses this gap to be with Jesus. And of course, people muttered because what Jesus was doing didn't fit into their concept of what a religious person ought to do. What they expected Jesus to do was when Zacchaeus comes down from the tree to say, do you feel bad, Zacchaeus? You need, to, you need to do things differently now. Shake his finger at you. Go fix yourself, Zacchaeus. That's what they want Jesus to do. And if Martin Screlly was up that tree, we would want him to do the same thing. We want Jesus to be like, can you yell at him about the medication now? And can you also get him to put the Wu-Tang album online? Like that's, we're mad at him, right? We want him to be as angry as we are. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus opens his arms to him and says, I'm going to go to your house today. Not only that, so as people, and he, he says, I'm going to go to your house today. Jesus, and I want to be clear, this doesn't mean that Jesus didn't care about ethical standards or that he was okay with the, uh, everything, but uh, he was okay with Zacchaeus' behavior. But Jesus didn't feel that, that Zacchaeus' uncleanliness would in any way mar his cleanliness. And he saw something in Zacchaeus that was desiring and needed to be changed, and he was willing to welcome him into his circle. 
you looked at Zacchaeus, this person who was ostracized, this person who had done horrendously horrible and manipulative and evil things, and even to that person, Jesus said, I'm going to your house. And in the midst of this, people muttered. And as Zacchaeus heard the mutter, he understood. What's interesting is, is that merely the opening of his arms causes, and, 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 and Zacchaeus hearing the reaction of the people causes Zacchaeus to reevaluate his own actions. Who knows what had happened before this? But in this moment, Zacchaeus now stands up and says to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Somehow, just by opening his arms, somehow, without telling him uh, or giving him a laundry list of all of the things wrong that he had done and all of the manipulative stuff that he had done, without, without making him feel guilt and shame, somehow Zacchaeus responds to the Lord and changes and immediately starts to make things right. Not in a way that's like, oh, I kind of feel bad, but I'm not going to give anything back or do anything differently. But in a really concrete way, I'm going to give half of everything that I have to the poor. Chop it right off. He's got skin in the game now. He says, I'm, uh, like, I'm going to pay everybody back four times what I have cheated. The, and then Jesus says to him, this is equ- the equivalent of Martin Shkreli saying, I'm, I'm going to make the HIV drug free now. I've made enough money off it. I don't have to make any money off it anymore. We're only going to make cost. And it's just, we can do this now. This is... This is the, 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 this is him saying I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna have because like Wu Tang didn't want it to be so he's gonna have listening parties for the Wu Tang album that's how he's gonna fix that but but this is him making things right and starting to say I'm sorry Martin Screlly coming out and saying like I'm sorry I know I have a very punchable face that that and I deserved it but I I'm gonna behave differently now I was I was wrong and I'm and all of this happens just because Jesus is willing. To connect with him. Today, Jesus, today salvation has come to his house, Jesus says. And it's interesting. Because we want to ask ourselves, why does salvation come to this house? There's a temptation to look at this and say, okay, salvation came to his house because he did the right thing. He recognized that he was cheating people. He recognized that he was manipulating people, and then he did the right thing. That's why salvation came to the house. But that's not why salvation comes to the house. In fact, salvation had invited him. It's, it, salvation had invited himself to Zacchaeus's house long before Zacchaeus made any sort of behavioral changes. Salvation came to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Jesus says something incredibly important here that we need to recognize. Jesus is saying there is no one, there is no one who is outside of the circle of God's salvation. Either by ethnicity or by behavior, there is no one who is outside of the circle of God's salvation. There is no one who is outside the circle of those who are called to be saved by God. That's a fascinating and life-altering thing that is happening right here. There's not a circle of virtue surrounding the people that Jesus cares about. There's not this circle of, of ethnicity around the people that Jesus cares about. But he connects to everyone because God cares about everyone. And through that connection and transformation, change happens. 
So then if we're going to follow Jesus in the same way, if we're going to understand that as we follow Jesus, we're also here to, to, to seek and save the lost, then we're called in the same way to ask, like, okay, so who are our untouchables? Right? Who are those people that we need to open our arms to that we've been holding at arm's length? Who are those people that we've been sitting in judgment and muttering about that we need to, that we need to make room for? Who are those people that, that, that God has aligned for, who are looking at us and wanting to be called into the circle of salvation? Because this is what's interesting. Jesus doesn't go looking for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus goes looking for Jesus. And when Jesus sees him, he opens his arms to him and he's ready to connect with him. So the question that we're asking is who are we called to connect with? And and I couldn't really do a Venn diagram as well as I'd like to. I'm going to have to figure out how to do this. But, and I don't know who you're called to connect with, but I have a pretty good hunch of how we're going get, to get there. The first thing is who is in your path? Jesus connected with Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus put him into his path. Who are the people that keep bumping into you? Who are the people who keep inserting themselves into your lives? Because the reality is, the New Testament tells us that evangelism works by us following Jesus and then people who want to have the life that comes from Jesus start asking us about what we're doing differently. That's repeated throughout the New Testament that as we seek and save that who was lost, we go about following Jesus and God will bring people into our path who wants to, who, who, who desperately need the change in the life that comes from Jesus. So I, wanna, I want you to genuinely spend some time thinking about who is in your path that you haven't noticed. Who is in your path that you've pushed aside because they're too evil and, you know, who, because they're too manipulative. They're too, who, and I'm not saying be unsafe, like let's not, you know, it's okay to have boundaries, but, but who is in your circle that, you're, that, you're, that, that, that has a punchable face, that you're just like, I'm, I want to hold this person at arm's length that you should be opening your arms to. This is interesting. Who is in your path? Because Zacchaeus self-selected. Jesus didn't go through the city being like, where's Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus selected himself. God was already at work in him. And I believe that God is already at work in people that you're, well, that, that you're to connect with as well. And if we're genuinely following Jesus, it seems that people will place themselves in our path. So who is in your path? Second thing is who makes people mutter. That's the second thing. Who are you going to connect with that is going to make stereotypically religious people go, hmm, I don't feel very good about that. Because I think it's in the confluence of those two things where you're going to find your sweet spot of who you have been called to connect with. Now, that might be frustrating and 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 make you very angry because most people aren't going to like Zacchaeus stand up and transform in an instant. Most people are going to take decades of walking with before they begin to transform. But it's in that opening up of yourself to them that they begin to see and experience change. I've experienced this, and I, I and the reality is I'm. This is one of the few things where I am speaking from a position of strength and knowing what I'm talking about. Because I started doing I started doing comedy about six years ago now, and and I didn't do it because I was looking to find a mission field. I was doing it because I needed a hobby, and and I'm not good at rec league hockey. So, 
and it was cheaper than golf. And, uh, and I got good at it relatively quickly. People started offering me money to do it relatively quickly, and that's how I pay for things sometimes now. So it's a nice thing to have. But, but I've been walking with these other people who do it for like six years. And over the course of six years, now they're coming to me and saying, like, can you come to our thing and talk to us about the Bible and stuff like that? And this afternoon at 3.30 p.m., I've been invited to Beer Revolution. I've never been there, but apparently it's fine. And, but I've been invited there to talk to a bunch of people that I would kind of describe as lost boys about, about like Jordan Peterson and like, I don't know, all of this kind of stuff. Like, but like about methods of meaning and, and, and the way that he does narrative theology. And I didn't ask for that. I just walked people with people for a long time, and then they came up to me, and they were like, would you come and be a part of our lives talking to us about this thing? This works. It works. And I can tell you that it works because I've seen it work, because I've experienced it work. And it doesn't work for me because I'm like, oh, I'm super special. I'm not. It works because if you spend a decade walking with people, eventually they're going to start to ask your opinions on things. And if you are following Jesus, they're going to notice. And if we are called to do this, then, then, it, then it's, it's really, really fun to find yourself in a position where all of a sudden there's a confluence of the people who are in your path coming to you and asking you about the ways of salvation and then, and then also making religious people mutter because that is also a lot of fun too. But that's what we're called to. My general rule of thumb is that you can't go wrong by doing what makes superficially religious people mad. Um, that's often how you can tell if someone's faith is sincere or not, what makes them angry. And if what makes them angry is silly and superfluous, then chances are their religion isn't, isn't real either. So these are the things that we're called to do, teaching, healing, and connecting. And these are the three things that Jesus spends his time doing as well. So now the question is going to be, who are we going to connect with? Who has been placed in our path that we're not noticing? Who has been, who ha have we pushed to the side because we know that we dislike the things that they've done in the past and the way that, that we, we've treated them and that we're, we, we're, we're asking Jesus to come down in judgment on them rather than, rather than opening up our hearts to them because what Je that's what Jesus has called us to do. That's the challenge for us. It's not complex. It's just difficult. And it's not hard. But we need to, uh, uh, sorry, it's not, uh, uh, you don't need a lot of training to do this. But what you do need are eyes to be opened and, and a heart that's open as well for even people with more punchable faces than you'd like. Let's pray together. God. We thank you that Zacchaeus' life of, of manipulation and, and theft did not take him outside of your circle of those who can be saved. And we're thankful that there is nothing that we can do or there's nothing that we are that can take us outside of the circle of those who are eligible for your salvation. So we ask that you would help us to recognize that in ourselves but also in others. And that we would have open hearts even for those who are, who are lost and, and, and dismayed and those who are in you know, who have manipulated others and those who are, who are in every way evil, that we could have our hearts open to them as well. 
and recognize that, that you love and are caring for this world, for the people that we like and the people that we don't like, and that is what we are called to as well. So as you connect, help us to connect. As you are open, help us to open. And as we sing songs and meet at your table, remind us how good you are. And we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. And this openness is nowhere more clear than at this table. Because this table is open to anyone who is in need of the grace and the salvation that comes from Jesus. Because it's in Jesus that that salvation is found. And, and as Jesus, as the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And while all of us were yet sinners, and that includes the Zacchaeuses and the Martin Screllies and all of the other obviously evil people of the world, and that includes us as well. The Lord does not discriminate when he looks at our sins, and he doesn't, he doesn't evaluate and say, well, this person who had more opportunity to be horrendously evil is, is, is more evil than this person who had less opportunity. We're all in the same boat, and all of us are invited to salvation, and all of us are invited to, to eat the body and drink the blood of Christ, which restores and makes us new now and for eternity. So as we prepare for this, we will take a moment in silence to pray together.